Okay, last life update before I go to bed. This one is updates on law school and the LSAT. First thing I want to say is I was listening to a podcast, Great Trial Lawyers Nation, I believe, and they brought on this young kid who reminded me of myself in sales, young, inexperienced, but very hungry. So he's resourceful in seeking out knowledge from podcasts, books, webinars, things like that. And through him, I found one of the trial lawyers that he would listen to their podcast. So I listened to that and I was just like, oh, this is so much like sales. I would be so good at this. I need to hurry up and be a lawyer soon. But alas, I'm still in the LSAT. Okay, LSAT. So I rotate between working on my essays and focusing on the LSAT. And lately, I've actually been doing more of the LSAT. And that's because I've actually started to enjoy studying for the LSAT, which is crazy. But a huge burden lifted off my shoulders. You can just imagine how much of a difference it is from having to force yourself to sit down and bang your head against something that you not only suck at, but you hate as a result for hours. Really not something you look forward to. Versus, hey, I kind of enjoy this. And hey, I'm starting to make some headway. Huge, huge difference. And this change really happened a couple Saturdays ago. So a couple Saturdays ago, I partook in this LSAT research study, which is basically they're testing out some replacements for the logic games. So you have two sections that are logic games and then one experimental section. And the reason I partook in it was that there was no downside to it. No law school was going to see my score, but if anything, it would help prep me for test day because it simulated the exact same conditions. I had a live proctor. I had to get the Google Chrome extension. It was timed, used the exact same interface. So all that stuff was good. But the day before, I was behind schedule on how far I'd be in the logic games. So I was feeling so much dread. I felt like I was going to hate every single minute of it. I thought I'd back out even. I just worried it would be nothing but horrible stress because I wouldn't know how to do anything. I'd sit there for hours. But as it turned out, I actually really enjoyed it. I found myself just enjoying the process. This is kind of fun. And I made more headway than I thought with these questions. Don't get me wrong, far from perfect. Still have a lot of wood to chop, but a huge uplifting surprise for me. So ever since that, I realized, oh, hey, I actually kind of like logic games. Now, I'm not saying I wake up wanting to do logic games, but I would say overall, I'm at a lukewarm type of like. And concurrently, another good progression is that I am finally nearing the end of my curriculum with Seven Sage. Seven Sage is the online course that I've been using, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate the way the guy talks. I hate the way he teaches, and he anthropomorphizes logic games by saying things like, A hates B. They hate each other. It's like, the hell, are we in kindergarten? And I do think he was part of the nightmare of me hating studying for logic games. I was being stubborn because I just wanted to finish it, get through his program before I went to another program. But I also started to think maybe the reason I'm not making progress in logic games is because this teacher is just not doing it for me. 
Either way though, I am now finally just a few problem sets away from finishing, and then I'm gonna switch over to something called LSAT Demon, which I've heard good things about, and I'm excited because it's more reading explanations rather than video. That makes more sense for me because I really struggle to sit still through videos. It'll cost way more, but I think the other great thing is now that I'm nearing the end of original studying, I'm soon approaching the phase of drilling, drilling, optimizing, perfecting, and LSAT Demon seems to have an interface that builds that in. So you can use their interface to drill versus originally I was going to be doing this all manually and track with tally marks which problems I'd done and hadn't done. And so to be able to just click on a button and drill something new every day, I think that would be helpful too. The last thing I want to say about the LSAT is, even though I've made headway and I am very proud of myself, I really do think that I'm just bad at the LSAT. It's been hard for me. And I talked to an NYU student yesterday, and this girl, unfortunately, was not very articulate. She sounded smart, but she couldn't tell me anything about her study methods other than she studied for about three months, didn't really have a process. She just did a bunch of practice tests. And eventually, she did start doing blind review. But other than that, that's about it. That's all she could say. And she came out with something in the mid-70s, which is exactly what you need to get into the T14 schools. That's literally all she had to say about it. I'm sitting here making such a big deal about it, talking about it constantly, crying about it sometimes, just always having this LSAT thing hang over my head for the past half year, and she could barely put two sentences together about it. And I'm like, what the heck? You make it sound so easy. It was annoying that she couldn't articulate much, but more than that, I was just shocked at how not big of a deal it was for her. And the only thing I could think was, she was just naturally better at it either because her major prepared her or she's just naturally a better student. And this dug up feelings that I remember feeling in undergrad at UC Berkeley. I had to work so hard on everything and so many of the people around me just naturally understood things. They did not have to study as hard. They would hear something once in lecture and then regurgitate it back to the professor and understand it. And I just didn't understand how there could be such a huge discrepancy between me and them. We're both students at the same university in the same college of chemistry. And the only thing I could think was, was I an idiot? Did I have a brain that was subpar compared to theirs? How else do you explain such a big discrepancy? Such a big discrepancy. And to be honest, that has been my conclusion. I don't consider myself smart for this very reason. I mean, I look smart in the workplace, and that's been frustrating for me, to be honest, because I know what actually smart people are like. And it frustrates me because I feel like it's not something I can tell people, because then I just sound like a dick. But the real reason is I think you guys just haven't been around the caliber of students I've been around that's why I look smart to you, because you didn't go to as good of a school as I did. 
And that's why I also have such high standards of people because I don't think they're high standards. Because if I can do what I've done and I'm not smart, I know you are fully capable of doing the same thing. And I don't know if it's just people think I'm smart because my social and emotional awareness seems to shine much better in the workplace than it does in the classroom. But now that I'm going back to school, that doesn't really matter, does it? It comes back to, can I consume the information given to us in textbooks, in the classroom, in readings, as quickly and efficiently as other people can? I mean, challenge me if you disagree, but I really don't think I'm smart. And I don't mean this in a way that's defeating. I'm not going to cry about it. It just means that I know I'm going to have to work way harder than other people on this LSAT and throughout law school. If I am able to do what I am trying to do, which is get into a top-tier law school, in order to not relive my university years of being basically bottom of the class, which I will call myself out here, I wasn't actually bottom of the class, but I felt like I was pretty close. I think I would say I was bottom third, maybe. In PCHEM, I remember getting a D on my midterm. Other students got Cs, and my smart classmates got A's and B's. I'm sitting here with a D. But knowing this, I know I'm going to have to not just work harder, but work harder to be smarter about how I study. The reason I reached out to that girl and got connected to her in the first place was through one of my old teachers at UC Berkeley. He ended up moving to Princeton, and she worked for him while he was at Princeton. And his field was basically smarter study habits. And that's why I was so surprised that she had so little to offer in that aspect. That was her job. But in the way that I am having to be so proactive about figuring out what are the problems in my study strategies, I have to zoom out and be the player and the coach at the same time, figure out where is it in my thinking that is inefficient in the way I absorb information, in the way I try to file information in my brain, and how that translates into hand motions like writing notes, highlighting creating different outlines. Where are ways that I'm inefficient? And a lot of times it's little shifts in how you think of something and how you go about studying. And that's why it's so hard because it's a tiny little shift that takes so much awareness to catch. And so this level of active thinking about myself is something that I'm going to have to really be cognizant and conscious about doing, whereas the girl at NYU doesn't. Because for some reason, her stuff is working in ways she can't even explain. And to make myself feel better, I do really think that part of this is because my major was chemistry. Chemistry did not teach me any critical thinking at all. You would think that, and I'm sure people think that. Oh, STEM majors are a great diversity in law school because you learn a lot of critical thinking. And it's like, no, have you taken organic chemistry? Organic chemistry is pure memorization, and biology is even worse. When you think about organic chemistry and how they give you a molecule and ask you to create another molecule, you do that by recalling all the rules that you have memorized and use that, whatever you've been given, you've accepted and use that to make things out of it. But there's no critical thinking because you can't argue with molecules. You can only accept what is true. So in other words, if something doesn't make sense to you, if you wonder why can't this molecule go this route instead, or why doesn't this happen instead when you put two and two together, 
You can't argue your way through it. Instead, you have to accept the rules they've given you about how functional groups work. You accept those, and you find a way to override your thinking on why you think this could go a different way, because the only option is to make it work. Does that make sense? If I think that adding cyanide to this molecule should make it go, turn into this molecule, but that's not what the NMR shows, there's no point in me arguing. I have to figure out why am I thinking incorrectly. And at some level, that's just acquiescing and accepting rather than reasoning your way through it. The fact that English majors are so much more prepared for logical, analytical reasoning is, it's not what you would expect, right, out of a STEM major. But I will say one good thing I did glean out of my conversation with her is that she told me NYU is in a pretty good part of New York compared to Columbia. And as someone who is concerned about New York, safety, dirtiness, being pushed into trains, and stepping on human feces and needles, this is very good to know. I'll put that in my YX essay. That's it. I'm going to bed. Good night.